0: You are warmly welcome to listen to WDBE Talks, the podcast for world of digital built environment. Let's start the journey to a sustainable urban future together by unlocking urban supersensing.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of WDBE Talks. My name is Jack Geary, and I recently sat down with Danielle de Buncho, the co-founder and CEO of ViaTechnic, a leading virtual design and construction firm. Our talk covered the role sensor tech plays in modern problem solving and the importance of integrated data solutions when delivering for clients. Danielle, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your career to date, please?
0: So I'm currently the co-founder and CEO of a company called Via Technic. I started my career really as a civil engineer, graduated from Stanford, very tech forward program. So I was I was lucky in that regard in terms of a lot of innovation and technology creeped into the civil engineering program. When I graduated, I worked for... Uh, general contractors out in Silicon Valley, in Sydney, Australia, and in Chicago, both on the building and infrastructure sides of the construction industry. And in 2012, co-founded VIA Technic with my husband Anton. So really fortunate that we get to work together and really try to impact the built environment together, which, which has been a great journey. Our focus at VIA Technic is really all things digital transformation. So we work across the industry from design to construction to operations, and across stakeholder groups, so owners, real estate developers, construction firms, a handful of design firms, down to material fabricators and suppliers. So we're seeing a lot, uh, really wide breadth of the industry, seeing what's working, what's not working from an innovation standpoint, and really working with our clients to push the needle forward.
1: So what exactly does this year's theme of urban supersensing mean for you and your contemporary practice?
0: To me, I think it's about this integration of the digital and the human. So it's this idea that as humans, we can sort of use technology to augment our capabilities and that changes the way we interact with the built environment. There are areas where virtual reality is actually better than real reality. So as an example, when I draw in the real world, I'm still drawing in 2D, right? I'm drawing on a piece of paper. When I put on my virtual reality headset, I'm able to draw in three dimensions. And so there's this aspect of that technology layer on top of me that's allowed me to do something that typically I'm not doing in the real world. Um, and you can start start to like think about applications like augmented reality that obviously have that same sort of impact. Um, and even like 4D BIM, right? This integration of time with the 3D model almost allows you to see into the future, right? I'm like fast forwarding my 4D animation and starting to understand that Today, uh, in August, here's what my construction project looks like. Here's what it should look like in October. And you can start to like, get a glimpse into that future. So I think it's all about like sensing and interacting with the built environment in a new way because we have these digital capabilities.
1: What other options do we have when it comes to expanding our senses? And what practical benefit does that bring for clients and practitioners?
0: as creators, as sort of stewards of the built environment, a lot of what we do comes down to decision-making. As we navigate through the world, right, we're using our senses to understand what to do, how to make those different decisions. Technology provides this additional layer of insight that expands those senses and that we can use to make decisions. So anything that can provide us with sort of like a new source of data, I think starts to become really interesting. Um, So augmented reality is a way where we're layering, you know, virtual data on top of the physical environment and and getting that new sense through that. Uh, So I think that that's one way. But really, as we just start to like capture data sources, integrate those data sources, analyze then what that data is telling us and start viewing it in new ways, you've unlocked an enormous swath of opportunity.
1: Given the relatively novel nature of sensor technology, do you feel it's maybe a bit of a hard sell for the industry at the moment? Or is there more potential for adoption than there was previously?
0: I think it depends on like how you approach it. So if you approach it from a standpoint like, hey, we have the sensor technology, look at all the great things it can do, would you like it? Then I think, yeah, sometimes it can be a hard sell. The individuals, the companies within the construction industry, I find generally are moving a mile a minute construction projects are very fast paced. There's a lot of complex moving parts and it's hard because it can be hard, it can be hard to slow down and start to understand what technology like sensors can do for you. So I think if you approach it, sometimes from that like technology standpoint and the capability standpoint, it can be difficult. I like to approach it from a what problem could it solve or what opportunity can it unlock? And I I view those as different, right? Um, Hey, we're experiencing this problem. We're experiencing this pain point. Let's try to solve it. Does keep you rooted in the reality of of today. If you approach it from that standpoint and add on to it, the opportunity standpoint, like problems aside, what opportunities do you wanna grasp? Um, I think it can be really exciting. So then when you start having that conversation and say, hey, sensors plus this technology or this innovative process can start to unlock that opportunity, solve that problem for you, then I don't think it's as hard of a sell. We really need to start having those conversations the right way at all levels of the organization. And then you know I think that's how you start to move the needle forward.
1: So what are some of the potential benefits of unlocking opportunities that practitioners could potentially benefit from?
0: Our whole thing at Via Technic is about enabling our clients to make high-quality, high-velocity decisions, right? Better decisions, faster. So that has to do with understanding, if you start from the questions that you need to answer, those decisions that you need to make, it flows from there understand, hey, if I'm gonna make this decision, if I'm gonna answer this question, what sources of data do I need to make an informed decision? From there, start to understand, okay, if I need these sources of data, are those processes digitized, right? Do I have manual time cards or do I have digital time cards? Do I have information about productivity in the field in a digital format or is that a hunch or is it buried in paper or spreadsheets? From then understanding, hey, are those work processes digitized? Then it's all about integrating them. Once they're integrated, you can do a lot. You can start to analyze it. You can build dashboards on top of it. And that's really where the insights and action then comes from. So that's really the thought process, the framework that we bring to our clients. It's not necessarily one piece of technology that we're recommending to everybody or one set of workflows, but it's with that framework in mind that we start to say, hey, you should start thinking about BIM this way, or you should integrate it into a virtual design and construction experience in this way and layer on these sort of technologies. But we really have to start with like, what what decisions are we trying to make?
1: Can you maybe speak to that a little bit more? Um, in what way does sensor technology help you and your client's processes as a whole? Um, especially when it comes to this idea of continuous feedback?
0: Um, what, what sensor technology does is it gives us an, an incredible understanding of what's happening, hopefully in a near real-time basis. So, you know, with sensors during the construction process, you can start to close the feedback loop, right? And, and in the operations process, especially, you can start to close the feedback loop. And I think there's a lot of power from that. We can start to say, here's what we planned to achieve. How are we performing? What changes need to to happen right now to get back to our plan, right? Or in what ways did we now understand that the reality has changed such that our plan no longer makes sense? Let's make a new plan. What gets really exciting about closing these feedback loops is that we improve, right? So our next construction project, there should be a better plan. There should be better execution. Um, And I think it also starts to like feedback into the design process, right? If we start to have information on how our buildings are operating, how our buildings are performing, how the users within the space are interacting with the building.
1: Are there any projects you're aware of that deploy that approach or you're excited by?
0: There, there's certainly projects that are using it in real time right now. So we're on, we're on a large corporate headquarters project where there is a live BIM integration dashboard that's starting to understand where are the issues, who, else, who owns the issues, how long are these issues taking to be resolved, how are these issues early indicators of project success. The live construction integration dashboard is eventually going to evolve into an operations dashboard to start to understand how is my building performing from a sustainability standpoint, from a facilities management operations standpoint. So it gets really exciting, I think. And, And again, it's all about making sure that the decision makers have the right information at their hands, that all the different stakeholders sort of understand the role that they play in them. In the process,
1: was this ability to capture and track issues something that came in useful for you and your teams during the recent COVID 19 pandemic? And were there any learnings that fell out from that?
0: You know, we're going on 18 months now of this COVID environment. We're all looking forward to this like post COVID environment. So there's a couple things that I feel like I learned that our clients learned. One is that we actually can make technology deployment faster than we thought. (laughs) So there are many processes that, and we had clients that, you know, they maybe had an 18 month rollout for this cloud-based technology. Well, when everybody was going to work remote, the cloud-based technology rollout happened in a week instead of a year and a half, right? So it showed us that we could move faster when there was an impetus to change. So that's one thing that I I think actually bodes really well for the construction industry. I think the other thing it taught us is that we cannot predict the future. That's an obvious statement, but I think sometimes as creators of the built environment, we actually are tasked with predicting the future, right? We are designing, we are building, we are operating a facility that has a 50 year, hundred year life cycle, right? So in a way we've been asked to predict what's going, you know, what's going to happen within that building in 50 years. And I think COVID's taught us that we can't necessarily predict that. So what that means is that we need to build more flexibility into our processes. You know, I think there's a basic level of flexibility that moveable partitions, right? Moveable casework and furniture, right? So that you're repurposing the facility as changes need to be made. That's sort of the basic level. But I think that if we have digital twins, right? A digital asset that represents our physical asset, we start to understand our space at a whole new level so that when changes in the world are introduced, we can understand very quickly what needs to change within our facility. Before COVID, At our company, we've sort of been like obsessed with this idea of uh, flexibility as a way to quickly respond to changes in the world. We've seen it in multifamily buildings, in commercial buildings, where the rise of Amazon and e-commerce means that there are packages flooding our our lobbies. And so building newer buildings have these really fancy like package distribution areas behind the lobbies, older buildings, have all these boxes all over the place, right? If we could start to understand what needs to change within our building, we can account for those changes much more quickly than is happening today. So it doesn't just take a massive renovation or building a new building after the change has occurred, we can actually start to respond more quickly. We feel the same thing, like you go into certain airports and it's really easy to go find your Lyft or Uber. You go into other airports and there are signs all over the place and you're walking 15 minutes before you get there because these ride-sharing services change the way people move to and from airports much more faster than the airport could respond. So there's a lot of changes happening in our world. I think COVID taught us that there's no way we're going to predict those changes. And so instead, we need to build flexible design, construction and operations processes.
1: Would you say there's a particular issue or obstacle facing engineers and practitioners in the current built environment?
0: The biggest issue that I think we're facing in design and engineering is, is really this question of sustainability and climate change, right? It is I believe the single most pressing issue facing society today. And as a result, the single most pressing issue facing those of us in the built environment, right? Those of us in design and construction.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: being stewards of the built environment, we're sort of on the forefront of climate change. It's up to us to understand how to build a more resilient environment. And it's up to us to start to understand how do we build with less waste? You know, how do we optimize the design to use less energy? How do we change how we build to build with more sustainable materials? And so if you think about this, you know, sustainability, climate change issue, I think it needs to be part of our decision-making process from the very beginning, planning, design, during construction, during operations of the building, it really can't be an afterthought. Um, and it needs to be thought of and top of mind at all levels of the organization. So the c suite the board of directors needs to get comfortable with maybe some of the trade offs that need to be made in the business right there there might be some short term profit there might be a different percent fee that you're willing to accept to put forward a more sustainable project so yeah big picture <laughs> if i had to if i had to say what's the most important issue our industry faces i think it's that
1: And finally, Danielle, can you give us a sneak preview of what you're going to be covering as part of your keynote speech for WDBE 2021?
0: So I'm going to be speaking about digital transformation, and I'm going to be focused at a personal level, at a team level, at a project level, but also at a company level and an industry level. What do we need to do to take action and actually move forward to make progress and feel the value? Um, I think there's a lot of exciting technology in the industry today. I personally feel like there is really good momentum towards wanting to deploy more innovative processes. Um, We really just need to figure out ways to take action. So I I will have a very action-oriented keynote. I hope that people walk away sort of like dying to go take action um, and hopefully within a few months can have six success stories whether they're big or small hopefully they'll have something to take away I'm a big fan of, of action less talk
1: <laughs> Danielle that's fantastic thanks so much for your time and take care thanks
0: for listening join us at wdbe.org